0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. My mum was driving a group of kids home from something at some time, and uh, in the back were these two twins from an Austrian family. They were very well-to-do, very well-behaved, very quietly-spoken, very polite, and, uh, and then my mum was trying to merge into another lane and the car there wouldn't let her in and was really pushing along. And both of these twins both yelled to my mum. They were about, they were about nine or ten years old at the time. Swear at him! Swear at him! And that was a bit of an eye-opener into their family life. And uh, I also learned that uh, at some point we learned, probably my parents told us, uh, that that Austrian family who, there was some connection to the von Trapps as well. That was was exciting. I think the mother's mother was a friend of, so yeah, (laughs) swearing in harmony. Um... And, uh, but we also learned that this family, when they went away on camping trips, they loved to tramp around the mountains, completely naked, the whole family. And so we decided not to go camping with them because it wasn't our family culture. And still isn't today. The lounge room is enough. We're talking about Minecraft, and uh, today I'm looking in particular at family of origin. That your family has left an impact on you, and my family has left an impact on me. And it's all up here, it's all up here in our mind, and our brain is different to our mind. You know, Some people who don't believe in God will say, well, you show me God, then I'll believe you. If I can see it, I'll believe it. But every day, every human being is walking around with something in their head that cannot be seen, and yet we all believe it. We all believe in it. Uh, The brain and the mind are two different things. You can take your uh, skull, don't try this at home, take your skull apart, and you can see and touch and measure your brain most of you. William, you feeling okay today? Awesome. But you cannot, no one can see or touch or measure their mind. The mind is an incredible thing that is somehow connected to our brain, but it's not our brain. It, has, it can have impact on our brain. Brain can have impact on our mind, but uh, we, we are like a part of our image as the image of God is that we have a mind. God is Uh, not someone who can be seen or touched or measured, and yet he is very real, just like your mind. And we are made in his image. Look at this verse from Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Other versions say be renewed, uh, transformed by the renewal of your mind. And we are into being changed into Christ's image. How does that happen? By our mind being renewed. Every day we let Jesus sweep out our thoughts and place them. We let him craft our mind. He is a craftsman. He's he's of the mic. There we go. His number one craft is people's minds, Yours, my, your mind, my mind. That's the number one way we change, is to change our thinking, to change what we think. Isaiah 55, 8, God says to us, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. God's thoughts are nothing like my thoughts. And it's a privilege to be able to read the Bible and get, absorb his thinking and change my thinking to, be, to become more like his thinking. But it's a lifelong process. We, sometimes we don't even know what we don't know. We don't know what thoughts we're having that are nothing to do with God's thinking. We need him to tell us. We need him to bring correction to us. I know when the Israelites were sinning, one of the the terrible things they did was burning their children as sacrifices. And in Jeremiah 19.5, God addresses this issue. He says, I never commanded it, nor did it ever enter my mind. There are things that you and I think of that never enter God's mind. There are nasty thoughts that we think of, and God has never thought of that. And we can fashion God into our image when, in fact, he wants to fashion us into his image. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus, as he said many times, he says, repent. And repent in the Greek is metanoa, and it literally means change your mind. Change the way you think. And God has got a message for all of us today, whether you're a Christian or not, change the way you think. Keep changing. Keep changing. It's not like we adopt Jesus and say, "Yeah, tick that box, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus." No, he says, "No, you've got to change the way you think, because you're not going to get much further than you already are, if you don't change the way you think, If you don't let me transform you, if you don't let me change you and re- renew your mind, that Mindscape game. Hands up who's ever seen a Minescape? Mindscape, Mindscape Minds, Minecraft, sorry, Minecraft game on a computer. So you start off in a, in, a, in a forest and with not much. You've got to get tools and build a hut and get food and so on to survive. But it goes a lot further than that. And there are people who've done the Minecraft game and gone a lot further than that. Here's a picture of a Minecraft image of someone who's built a city. And when we're talking about Minecraft when we're talking about Jesus crafting our mind, when we come to Christ, particularly when you're an older person, that's the sort of thing you're handing over to God. He says, I want to come into your mind and I want to craft it. But he might say, and, and this is what I specifically felt for some people today, I don't know who you are, but you could be talking to me. probably was. He points to some of those massive skyscrapers and he says, that's got to go. And you say, well, I've been – but I've believed that all my life. He says, I don't care. I'm crafting your mind and that's got to go. And then we build some sort of fence around it. He, okay, God you can touch everything else. Do you want me to get rid of this tiny little tree that's been misplanted? He says, yeah, I'll get rid of that tree, but I also want to get rid of that big whopping great skyscraper that's dominating your whole life. If you let me, because Jesus is the craftsman. Keep changing our mind talking about family. What is family responsible for? Well, at a very young age, so young that you're not even aware of what's happening. The crafting, we'll just leave that image up, I think, for the time being. From when you're not even aware, the crafting of your landscape starts to happen. Because it's happened, it, it's other adults start crafting things for you the family starts crafting things for you and you have uh, pathways and buildings all put in place and by the time you become an adult you're not even aware that some things in your minds are not God's thoughts. Some of those things are not from God and yet our family has made them all normal. That's what the family does. It puts something in our mind that we think is normal. Even if you come from a, uh, a super duper lovely Christian family with loving parents, like our children did, <laughs> there are thoughts that we manage to pop in there that are not God thoughts. There are traditions and and responses and reactions that are not God's reactions. Let alone people who come from dysfunctional families who have incredible trauma that cuts a big scar right across the landscape of their mind. But guess what? They don't know it's a scar. It's just normal. It's just what's there. It's just who I am. The family tells us this is normal to eat this. It's normal how to eat this. We had a a billet from Wollongong. A Billet, uh, when I was in year six, he came to our place, a whole bunch of his classmates were spread all around our year six class families. He came and stayed with us for a couple of nights and then a few months later we went down as a class and I stayed at his family for a couple of nights. When he visited our family, he didn't know how to use a knife and fork. I could hardly believe it. He'd never learnt how to use a knife and fork. When I went to his family, both nights we were there, we had takeaway food, and it was just put on the, in the middle of the table in butcher's paper, and we ate like that. That was normal for him. But that's just a very small example of how our family raises us up to think that certain things are normal. And our mind, it just thinks that's the way it is. That's the way you behave when you're angry with somebody. You just go violent. And you get your own way. That's the way you do it. And Jesus comes in and says, that has got to change. I want to put in there a lounge suite where people can have a conversation and sort out their problems. And you've got this massive fortress there with cannons ready to blow everyone's head off. Because you grew up and that was normal. Or you might have been in my family where my father just went into the silent treatment whenever there was an argument between him and my mum. I can still remember him walking through the house and my mum walking behind him saying, David, talk to me, talk to me. And guess what was happening to my mind at that time? I was learning how you respond to situations. You just don't talk. You just ignore it. And you're sitting here today and you know the issues in your family that you went through. It might not just have been your family. It might have been your grandparents' influence on you. It might have been their parents. And in fact, it was. The Bible, very interesting, God says, I'm going to punish you to the third and fourth generation. Why is that? It's because right now I'm a product of another generation. And they were a product of another generation. And they were a product of another generation. Now, it starts to fade as it, gets, as it goes back. But those first three or four, they are powerful influences. And if that one, number four, was doing something really, really bad, like sacrificing children, that's still influencing the way I think. Our kids are not that important. In fact, I could, I'd rather sort of sacrifice one to get a good harvest than actually look after the child. Where did that thought come from? Have you ever said to God, God, show me, show me the, the buildings in my mind that I can't even see because it's just a big blind spot. Show me the things you want me to change. Let me read your word with, a, with an urgency, which is like, God, speak to me today something that is going to change my mind change your mind change your life did you grow up in a family where kids got away with stuff or in a family where kids didn't get away with stuff or a family that where the not only did the kids not get away with stuff but they were dominated their entire existence and couldn't could barely breathe because every decision was made for them you know these are just examples of what you might think is normal. Were you in a family of sickness where sickness was like, oh, yeah, we just get sick at certain times of the year. It's coming on here. <coughs> oh, yeah, everyone in our family has that problem with migraines. God wants to redeem everything about your life, every part of our life. He can, he can bring redemption. The, the, the story of Jesus is to redeem, to take what is broken and to put it back together better than it was before. He makes something beautiful out of our lives, something precious out of our lives. How did your family treat money? Did you talk about money? Do you know that uh, one, of the, one of the interesting things that I, I saw on a YouTube, I wasn't holding the bottom of the mic there, um, was talking about how Jewish families talk a lot about money. Is it any surprise that so many of them are successful in business? Because that's normal for them. This was a Jewish uh, guy doing the talking with a rabbi. How, do your, how did your parents treat authority figures? When they went to a parent-teacher interview, you know, you, we ha- we'd have some parents come to us and they're just terrified. I'm talking to a, a real-life teacher. Let alone the principal, don't invite me to your office. Because authority figures were like, oh, well, you, you just do whatever they say. Or was your fam? are you from a family where the parents said, well, it doesn't matter what the doctor says, we're believing something different. When a doctor told us to, to have an abortion, we said no. Whereas some families would say, okay, what sort of family were you from? I've got a list of about 20 things here that, Parents can put in their kids, I can't go through them all, but I know that uh, one of my parents, one of my father's friends was known in the cricket team and everybody, he was just a gloom and doom kind of person. He spoke a bit like Eeyore out of Winnie the Pooh. Mm. How are you going, Chris? Uh, well, I think it's going to rain someday in the future, maybe in the next 10 years. Most of these things were given to us subconsciously. Our family obviously gives us DNA, and it's very hard to to quantify the effect of DNA on our minds. But there is something there. There's a a church, Peter McHugh's church in Melbourne. Uh, There's a a beautiful couple there that raised three lovely children into, into their teenage years, and then they thought, let's adopt some more. We've got enough time and money. We love kids. Our kids are doing really well. So they adopted two children, uh, twin girls, from birth. Treated them exactly the way they treated their own kids, as if they were their own. And at the age of... They started to go off the rails as teenage kids. Now, possibly knowing that you're adopted has an influence on you as well. But they both ended up in drugs and prostitution, exactly like their mother it's not just a coincidence. There's DNA involved, and we all have DNA from our parents. There's even evidence that some of your, some of the, the things that your grandparents saw. You can you have got a memory of that somewhere. Some sort of memory. It's like when my mother went back to Newcastle on Tyne for the first time. Uh, where her father came from and she sailed from Denmark into Newcastle in England and as she sailed in, into the port she had this massive deja vu. I've been here before. And then she found out that that was the port where he worked as a ship's carpenter going in and out of that port often. You've got DNA in you that you're not even aware of the impact it has on the mindscape that you're living with. Our experiences change us as well. I've told you about the twins whose parents had a culture of swearing at people that they disagreed with. You know, we cannot understand people unless we've heard their story. You don't know what, why that person is a little bit withdrawn or why that person is a little bit quiet or why that person is a little bit nervous. Until you've heard what they've been through. In our world, we know a guy who's uh, at the age of 18. His father came and got him to sign some papers. Can you, can you just help me out? I just need a witness here who signed some papers for me. And then promptly left his wife and children, abandoned the family, and this 18-year-old boy had a $120,000 debt that he'd signed for. Now, that influences you. your personal experiences, your parents' experiences impact the way they treat you. I had a year six boy at a school, over at Everett Primary School, and uh, I found out we were going to have a sleepover. His mum wouldn't let him do it. Why is that? My son has never slept in any place where I'm not either next door or next to him. And it turns out that the mum, had her brother had died as a child... And so she could not bear losing her son. What sort of impact does that have on his mind? He has a massive tower of fear. What sort of fear building is in your mind? Where did that come from? What sort of attitude to other people structure is in your mind? Sometimes we don't need to know where things come from because it might be so far back we have no idea anymore. But God says, I want to deal with that. If you you give it to me, I'm going to wrap that whole building with my love. It's just going to vaporize over time. And instead, I'm going to plant a beautiful garden. How would you like that? And our grandparents' experiences affect our lives in ways we don't even know. My grandfather had a father who forced him to play piano for a couple of hours a day, hitting him on the knuckles every time he made mistakes. So by the time I met my grandfather, he hated piano, and there was no way he was going to have any of his kids learn piano. So there was this gift with music that sort of bubbled out in my father playing records pretty much From the moment he got home to the moment he went to bed, there was music on in the house. Where did that come from? Well, there's a musical DNA there somewhere. It had been strangled by somebody. Aren't we amazing, fascinating creatures? Aren't we incredible? We don't know the sort of things, that the influences that that happen to us. We We don't even know sometimes where our dreams come from, where our hopes come from, where our fears come from. We don't, know, don't realize that the, the reason we've got that problem holding on to that is because of that. God knows. God knows. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. God can change us. He can take a broken life and he can start putting in thoughts that start to change us. When we give our life to Christ, that's a change of mind that unlocks a spiritual dimension. And Jesus says, that's great. I'm in your spirit now. I can really start to do things now. And we can start to have the, not just the desire, but the power over things that were powers over us. You know, Paul says that we need to break down the strong fortresses. How do we do that? By taking every thought captive. And over time, you start to you sense that Jesus is saying, hang on, that thought you had just there, just rewind a bit. Now, is that from me? Or is that not from me? I don't think it's your thought. Okay, well, eject it. Don't agree with it. At the very least, start to disagree with it. No, I'm going to be a generous person. I'm not going to be stingy. I'm going to be generous. In fact, I'll tell you what I think, Mr. Thought. You don't want me to be generous? Well, I'm giving another 20 bucks on top of that. And you start to retrain. Hey, we're running out of time here, but all I'd say for tomorrow and every day is for us to walk, part of our humble walk with God is to say, God, show me how I need to change. I want to change my mind. But I need you to guide me. I don't want to cause a whole lot of destruction unnecessarily. But I also don't want to hold on to buildings that shouldn't be there. I want my mind to be a place, Lord, where you feel you belong. It's full of the thoughts of God and the ways of God. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.